0: Do you remember the plot of the movie Beethoven? No. Of course you don't. No, no. I can't say that I
1: remember the plot. No.
0: You wouldn't remember something so traumatic to the young person's psyche. So beyond (laughs) Charles Grodin, Moog synthesizer enthusiast, being a beleaguered (laughs) father who has gotten a dog for his family, because whatever, it's fine. That dog's too big and very drooly. But you see, the actual conflict is with the nemesis or villain of the movie, who is the veterinarian who is attempting to secure Beethoven because he needs dogs with big skulls to test bullets oh my what?
2: wow what that is what?
0: dark oh. yeah that's like <laughs> brothers Grimm unfiltered that so you're like wow, they didn't really bring that up in the trailer and you're like yeah that's <laughs> bro. i could see like mommy mommy take me to the shooting the dog movie no nope. <laughs> yeah, So like sure i could but that is that is the plot of beethoven i've been having a lot of fun remembering that at people and everyone i've done it to is sad Oh. everybody that
2: says we're getting like more violent and inappropriate as a culture you should just bring that up
0: i really right? yeah, like, right. remember 1993's beethoven oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no
2: in, in fact we have gotten so much more civilized
0: since 1993. now that yeah. in order to kill a dog in a movie
2: now you have to make it about the revenge for the dog
0: <laughs> yeah you're not allowed to have a shoot a dog movie anymore well i guess john wick yeah okay. that's yeah, true john wick is basically beethoven four <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Gay Space Communism, the Alpha Quadrant's only podcast that is absolutely banned on Ferenginar for being, well, too pro-union, let's face it. As always, I am your host, Paul Byron. With me, as as custom is... Corey Archibald. I'm Amy Hassel. And we are definitely wearing our fanciest outfits because we have got a visitor on the bridge. It's Troy Hewitt. Happy to be here. They didn't give me a dress uniform. I... <laughs> Ugh! And you had to wear the grease stains. Ugh. Mechanics. Ugh! God, who runs this ship? You know, I didn't. I didn't go for officers, so I didn't have to go to those parties. Oh no! You definitely don't have to go to the academy. It's a. it's a lot of debt to come out of the back end of that. Um, they don't talk about that on Star. Like the reason they're all in space is because they owe a lot of money for getting a lot of degrees in <laughs> space travel. That's uh, what
1: Section Thirty One gets you. That's
0: <laughs> right. I thought I was just a consultant in a business. Oh, sorry, buddy. Base McKinsey. Oh, yep. uh, Oh, so we, we we like to start off as is custom with talking about stuff we've been watching because Oh, it's a weird world out there. And you've got to find a place to live in it. And I mean, me, I've been watching Futurama again, because it's, it's spectacular, but beyond that one piece, but it's less relevant. But it's also about, you know, people on a boat doing stuff, but a very, very different feel being said, Futurama is the future we're actually gonna get it's gonna be horrible. I can't wait.
3: <laughs> love Futurama love, love, love it.
0: At least Suicide's only a quarter. I mean that's a fucking yeah, bargain.
3: A, yeah, that is a, that is a bargain.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's it's funny you mentioned Futurama because I actually long-time listeners will know that I've been in between my chronological viewing of Trek, which I'm still trying to power through the movies. I did take a Keep break pushing. to in I know. I know. I'm I'm working on it.
0: No, they're um, they're tough. It's a slog. You're you're very brave.
1: Yeah, it is. But I did take a break for uh, for sanity's sake to enjoy a Futurama rewatch, and I just recently finished that, so that was tons of fun. Yeah, I you really forget how many times that show was canceled and restarted. I think it might hold the record. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if it does.
3: I mean, it, yeah, it was definitely canceled and then rebooted and started again, and
0: not necessarily at least, rebooted. At least but, three yeah.
1: times. Yeah, at least three times, I think. Yeah,
0: because yeah. yeah, the movies are just oh look, it's fifteen episodes of the show. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Like they are clearly, they clearly have 30 minute act breaks in them.
1: Right. That was a, that was a good little like mental break that I think has sufficiently prepared me to dive back into the films. And I'm really trying to just power through the films so that I can start enjoying next generation again, because I really just want to get back into, uh, into the stuff that I, the content that I really love.
0: Oh, but see, right before that moment happens, you're going to have to watch generations.
1: Generations uh,
0: is not that bad. It's well, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 While I appreciate it does share a villain with the only comic book movie, Tank Girl, that's its only redeeming factor. Like otherwise <laughs> it's like, not like, that bad. Corey, you're going to have to break this stalemate later. Thank you very much for that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I will. I will take notes. I tried to take, you know what? When I was watching the first movie, because you guys had warned me about those long pan shots, I actually was like trying to take notes and try to like, you know, jot down my thoughts in the middle of the long pan shots. And there were so many of them. And they went on for so long that after like 10 minutes into the movie, I just gave up on that plan. No, you just let your
0: mind float away. Again, it's 1979. (laughs) You're high as shit. You walk into the movie movie theater you spend two and a half hours staring at big beautiful space paintings and there's like an episode of star trek that happens during it
3: <laughs> so you would be a, like a marijuana high not a cocaine high i guess I, uh, the- oh
0: i can't imagine that the cocaine community is a big fan of, of the star trek movies <laughs>
2: except for the jj abrams
0: ones <laughs> right? why isn't it happening faster go 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 Fast <laughs> <Yeah, he just
3: laughs> forward
0: through the long pans, yeah, I like it. <laughs> oh, uh well, Troy, what do you? What's your? What's your? Well, uh, I mean, we know you're a Trek fan. You're here because you're here for this.
3: One hundred percent. I'm I'm here for this.
0: But what? Yeah, what you've been watching lately that's keeping your mind off the? You know.
3: So what i just binged and then I did it again was the Amber Ruffin show. Uh, Amber Ruffin is just a gift to this world and uh, a treasure to be protected. Uh, absolutely adore her her in every possible capacity and so um really enjoyed checking out what she's doing and she's got a show on on NBC and it's been fun kind of seeing she published a book so I've been really getting into that I've got some entertainment debt that I'm trying to pay off right now so I, I didn't get into
0: the you Wait, know uh, no. Wanda you don't get to say entertainment debt like it's just something people say ever yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, wow. Jargon this. alert, jargon alert. Yeah. Well, yeah. Fire that claxon off. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
3: Yeah. I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to explain. So, my day job, I work in uh, video games and I've done that for about 20 years and have recently uh, pivoted to supporting tabletop role play adventure publishing. And because of the nature of the work, I am so deeply surrounded by the nerdiest of the nerds, like the people who have contributed to Star Trek and Star Wars and their canon and have written, for instance, uh, Green Ronin's the company that I work for, they have The Expanse. And so that is that whole sci-fi piece, you know, you've just got to be immersed in it. And so rather than sort of being a moment where I can go, oh, I w- can't wait to watch this program, it's more like, oh, I've got to watch this whole program. I, it got to, like It's part of my daily dialogue. So that's what I mean by kind of this entertainment debt. I've just got to catch up to the zeitgeist. And also just when you're posting on Twitter and Facebook and all of this stuff, you know, you've got to know that in uh, The Expanse there's a whole, um, almost like a pigeon sort of English that is uh, take on this sort of of, um maybe creole or yeah, uh, you no, know the it's
0: it's patois of the belters patois,
3: yeah. that's it thank you the belters yeah exactly and so so i got to learn that
0: I love when
2: they
3: do that. Yeah. um, And and so I guess I could have, it's not as though it is the worst issue or the worst thing to have to deal with at a job. But I do find sometimes I get stacks and stacks and stacks of things that I've got to watch or read or listen to. And it doesn't necessarily feel like I can just sort of let go in that moment. I have to kind of study it. Yeah.
0: Wow, it sounds a lot like you found a job that gives you Marxist alienation for the very cultural items that are supposed to alleviate that very feature of our society. What a poor choice you've made. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it
3: sort of chose me, but I'm going to take a snippet of that recording and it's going to become like a ringtone or some kind of just a little button I'm going to push <laughs> on my desk.
0: That's <laughs> such a just... vicious analysis. I'm sorry. That's what, I mean, that's what we bring me here for. Um,
3: I love it and I feel more complete.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. That's that's tough. Uh, but like, I'm glad. Yeah, we're glad to have you. That's very cool stuff to be working on for sure.
3: Oh, it's fun. Absolutely. And I don't want to sound like it's a slog to have to be so entertained. I got to um, watch all
0: these cool TVs. Tea- TV shows and pay really big attention to the canon i pay me for it yeah <laughs> uh, i'm just saying nerds are a lot of work uh, yeah meanwhile Corey's <laughs> watching star trek through again in chronological <laughs> yeah. order for no money so who's the chump yeah. Um, is- yeah. yeah yeah there you go <laughs> oh no that's hey, amy what do you what are you, you even watching
2: stuff lately no yeah well i've kind of um put my randomized watch through of all star trek on hold and i don't know i was kind of down this week so i just kind of watched but i'm a cheerleader like five times so great movie you should all watch it a couple times
3: i have a vague recollection of that
0: it's uh, a 1990s indie gay movie 1999 oh. there we go. okay so just to the tail end there sorry deep
2: 90s aesthetic though you know the person that did uh, what was it russian doll
0: oh shit is it her?
2: Yeah, she's the main character. Of
0: course, she Ah. a fucking yeah.
2: And um, yeah. Wow. She's like a lesbian, but she's a cheerleader, and she gets sent to conversion therapy camp.
0: Oh, and, and there's like, the goth girl, and they have runs those. Runs away with his
2: girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. oh, it's so good. Oh, it's and fucking RuPaul is the goddamn um, oh, one of the conversion
0: yes. counselors. Conversion so, he is so counselors. good. as that like, it's oh. my
3: key. Now I remember exactly what you're talking like, about. That like, he plays so an
0: XK with such vindictiveness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels like he's heard this song before and knows all the oh, words yeah. pretty well.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, is this the one that had Macaulay Culkin in it as nope. well? No, nope. okay, that, there's that one. is saved,
0: where he goes as a, he is a wheelchair user who goes as a roller skate for Halloween, which is fucking genius. It's so um, genius, yeah. Which is also like,
2: yeah, if you're going to watch like three movies that were
0: about christian the camp. best
2: movies of that kind you would watch but i'm a cheerleader and that movie and well, i don't know what the other one would be
0: um we're gonna call it sleepaway camp and move along with our lives sounds good <laughs> those of you who have seen sleepaway camp will know that that was a joke and i don't know what movie to actually put here um, the weird trans panic murder movie is not the one to do uh, thank you well, um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I will interject. This does remind me a dear
3: friend of mine just published a book or a comment called cheer up about a trans cheerleader. And uh, I love it. Um, awesome. I'm yeah. So I'm reading, reading counts.
0: Yeah? No, I'm sorry. No, reading does not count.
3: <laughs> not, <to
0: that.
1: laughs> not on this podcast.
0: <laughs> this is out are tell we're dumb television people. We don't know anything about books. I'm sorry. Yeah, our theory person isn't here. I don't know, I nailed the the alienation thing to the wall pretty early on. What are we doing here today? This is a great show. Yeah. I love these Well,
1: so it's such an interesting conversation that we're having with all the different kind of collision of experiences and and things that we're bringing together because that is kind of what we want to talk about. I wanted to bring Troy here because we were talking about our mutual love of Trek and we were talking about the ways that we connect with each other around the world and how we kind of build bonds with people that we don't even sometimes get to meet in person.
0: Wow, what a weird situation to be in. (sighs) (laughs)
1: but to think about like the internet and how the internet works in our society and we've touched on this a little bit before on this show and how there really isn't a functional equivalent of what the internet is in trek
0: and because the federation sensibly banned posting after the 21st century <laughs> that had to be it, right? Because it is so peaceful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it does take some questions, because here, Troy is one of my very dear friends. And we have seen each other in the flesh exactly once. Yeah. Um, and we we are many, many, many miles apart. And you may as
0: well live know. on other planets. Yeah. I mean, it's far Right.
1: Exactly. And and of course, my beloved co-hosts of this podcast are people that I adore and respect tremendously and have enjoyed collaborating with. And yet we have also not met. In person and you know there's so many people in my life that i have like deep lasting bonds with that are a product of the different communities and ways that we have to engage that the internet affords us and of course the internet is also a giant flaming trash pile yeah. um that is clearly okay. run by ferengi's but you know or or maybe Cardassians or a bit i was gonna say that.
3: i think it's definitely run by a group that is a battling ferengi kardashian kind of you know council
1: yeah, exactly. Or maybe it's just the Dominion. We Ooh, don't know.
0: sorry, all it's and psyop.
1: <laughs> it is exactly. But what this begs the question for me is: you think about how things work in the Trek universe, and they essentially have—they don't have a Facebook, they don't have a a Twitter. God help us if they did. Suit. So,
0: well, they at least don't let the nerds on the ships use it if they do. Yeah. yeah Yeah. but
1: they don't have these community spaces for this kind of engagement and we think about how how we've like developed relationships with people in other cultures here on our own planet if we were to extrapolate that concept where we're trying to build relationships and common understanding and, and just appreciate and befriend one another across solar systems and different alien cultures like how in the hell does that work when basically all they have is you can get email and you can do FaceTime or Zoom or whatever the equivalent of people being able to video call Yeah, they do a lot of
0: video calls yeah yeah put them on the big screen yeah
1: so we just wanted to kind of talk about that like how do how do you build relationships and that's that's really troy's area of expertise and it's that's what he does in, in gaming and i don't know troy if you want to kind of talk a little bit about what your experience in in that realm is like kick us off
3: Absolutely. So I think that there's a thing that happens, especially early when the internet kind of first came around, there was a lot of like, what are you doing tonight? Uh, oh, I've got a uh, an appointment. But really what you're doing is you're meeting some friends online to play a video game. And it was really challenging to try to, to say that and keep a straight face. But what ended up happening, just because people are people, much like Corey, you and I have only met in person once, but we've been through a couple things together. And beyond just sort of scorekeeping and some of the competitive stuff, that comes out one of the things that bubbles up within uh online community is communities of people who just help in every game that I've ever worked on in every game that exists that is sort of a perpetual world game these communities grow that are really just there like they're not competitive they don't want to battle or fight they just want to be helper people and that takes a kind of an interesting sort of altruistic sort of uh, I'm just here to help and without any expectation of exchange without any sort of comeback or come to my church or come to my you know like there's no, it's not a transactional thing. It literally is people who are just like, and be good and be nice. And and it is a universal thing that happens across games. For tabletop, it was only up to the pandemic when people were like, ah, maybe we will do some of this online. And they're experiencing the same kind of thing where at first it's a little weird. You don't get that sort of face-to-face kind of stuff and someone's telling a story. It loses some of its connectivity when it's all digital. And conventions are where it's at for tabletop roleplay nerds. And not being able to go to a convention is, you know, rather than joke about it, uh, uh, you know, I'll say that it, it it's really emotionally stunting for these folks, uh, for a lot of people. And so it's very interesting to think about how there are these connections that form between people. I have very, very dear friends that I have never seen them in person. I have not been in the same, I'm not been on the same continent as them, but I would call them if, uh, if I was dealing with something very, you know, tragic, if a a family member passed or if I, or, or call them if something remarkable happened and they would be at the top of the list. That's, that's pretty significant stuff for not having ever met them
0: it's certainly divergent from everything we've ever experienced before as a species
3: yeah yeah
0: right it's weird it's a very strange yeah you know, it's a strange time to be alive where those relationships can exist because like it used again anything prior to 50 1850 nothing moved faster than a horse Right. And after that, you still haven't, we're only just now at the point where, oh, you can have like a full-fledged engagement with someone and conversation that's not just letters back and forth, which again, you can have a correspondence relationship. Thousands of people did it over the course of time, but like, wow, is it different and easier with the kind of real, like getting FaceTime kind of conversations where you're getting facial expressions, you're getting that small stuff, the sort of internal right. things that you just wouldn't capture in the formality of long form script for example, or telegrams for another. Right,
3: yeah, yeah. In the context of Trek, you know, what's interesting for me is how they have managed to the concept being created without that sort of connected sort of world that we're living in now having informed the idea. There is this adherence to an honor or to a respectability, I have to wonder what's going on on the surface of the planet. Like everybody can't be as, as calm and cool and collected and thoughtful, you know, as uh, somebody who's gone to Starfleet and is now on a ship and working collaboratively, being buddies with everybody. There has to be a place where fistfights are happening.
0: I mean, well, Tom Paris gets to a few of those here and there, right? Like we'll get a little view of some of that life in some of the Voyager apps and some of the elsewhere. And yeah, there apparently are CD bars all over the galaxy still for the most part. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, War finds himself in a number of those scrapes.
2: Yeah. I mean, within Trek, there's like this article of faith that they're past all that BS, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even though, like, on camera to make anything interesting happen, you can't be past that BS. You know, like, a real Star Trek civilization, as they describe themselves, would not be worth making television shows about. Like,
0: oh, Oh, all these people are hungry. Oh, well, we feed them. Okay. But
1: but that's kind of the point that we're getting at here is that, you know, that assertion is made certainly about humans, you know, the people of Earth, like, oh, well, Earth evolved beyond that. You know, now we have the Federation and doing all these great things and Vulcans similarly, but beyond the member planets of the Federation, they're certainly engaging with all kinds of alien species that are not in the same stages of evolution. We'll put it that way. Or, right. or they just—that's not their their cultural interest. And so, how do you effectively build camaraderie and relationships with these radically different cultures? You—you you can't just use that. Oh, we've grown beyond that caveat. And I know it's a, it's a writer shortcut, and we're we're constantly trying to compensate for writer shortcuts on this podcast. But
0: and in life, really. I mean, just generally. Yeah. <laughs> but...
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: A lot of this reminds me of sort of some of the things we talked about a way that the life works on the ships, right? Like you spend a lot of time in 10 forward watching Data give a flute solo or playing 4D right. chess. Or do, and so like the way that the ship camaraderie works is very clear, right? Like those people all have a very tight, like ho- like they don't watch television, apparently. They go to do holo novels and have sex with light beams and then they listen to Riker play jazz. And so like a lot of their engagement is kind of, it seems in not necessarily forced, but the system is encouraged. Their lifestyle is encouraged to have and drawn around that but it still does leave open that whole space of well okay but like also you're friends with people you used to be on ships with how do you keep up with that yeah like what is that yeah yeah yeah. okay okay
2: here's some headcanon what if there is totally social media it's just after a few hundred years of having it people are like well you just can't do it if you're a public servant this has caused too many problems (laughs) there's like nope you You can't even talk about
3: it (laughs) right Interesting.
2: So, Troy, I'll ask you, what does then civilian like social media look like 300 years from now?
3: You know, I feel like we have been uh, our science fiction writers have been so spot on in some of the ways that they've described what the future will look like. You know, if we're talking about uh, Blade Runner or we're talking about uh, the the eugenics wars were a hoax. That's the kind of thing, right? That there, you know that that exists and you know, like I've seen in, in, in several episodes, you know, you run into societies that aren't, that don't have a, a discipline of war or, a or, you know, sort of that tactical, we're going to do this by the book. And here's the chain of command kind of thing, whether it's the go lucky, you know, everybody's happy and they're all fed and everything's wonderful why? What's the sinister thing that's happening here? Or it's the, you know, kind of war-torn kind of thing. When I think about Earth outside of the context of Starfleet, what I want Is a society that has come to terms with what brings the worst out in people. That it's not the tool; it's the tools that are using it. Uh, The the you know hey like that. Uh, Yeah, we have
2: to stop the pod for a second. That was fantastic.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, You uh, are free to use it on merchandise. Um, I just want a t-shirt. But yeah, no. For me, it feels like regardless of how um, sort of buttoned up and mute, everybody on uh, on the bridge, everybody on on a ship has a a language of discipline that is very clear. They've all been through Starfleet. They know the the drill. But I have to imagine that because of the elevated understanding and commitment most of the time to being you know the best human possible, that that has to be a stronger notion than what it is now in our time, uh, just as civilians. There are people who have great ideals, but it's sort of broken up amongst like, you know, what are your religious values or what are your, you know, are you a secular humanist? Are you a, a a Democratic Socialist? Are you a Republican? Are you a uh, you know all of these things? And there's not really a unified understanding or or acceptance of this is what people need to live, you know um, and. So, yeah, I would hope that on the ground, on the planet, that there wasn't so much, you know, like the, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, just you U-Anon, like eugenics war-Anon, or like, you know, no,
0: yeah, like whatever the Q-Anon sort of corollary uh, would mean, be. I mean, the Q connection is already there, because, like, there is uh. a mysterious super being that most of the time you don't hear about, but there is, like, a creepy paper that, like, every Starfleet cadet has to read about Q. But, like, you don't tell every civilian, like, hey, there's a race of super gods that just, like, could show up and fuck every everything up for you at any time there's nothing you can do just hold on to that in your head forever and then right. like, talk about it there's no point in telling us about this that like <laughs> yeah,
2: you, yeah. You, you click on a youtube video and it's like uh, what the federation hasn't told you about the temporal cold war
0: <laughs> right yeah like i mean there comes a point where some of these things like, yeah like there is no point in telling me about q it's like yeah q shows up <laughs>
2: right, right.
0: What am I going? All right. F- okay. Fuck. Uh I guess water is <laughs> water's lava now. Dang. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: I'm dressed as a clown. Okay, great.
0: <laughs> Where do all these mariachi guys come from? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But like, no, it's a, we've talked definitely about that. The I mean, the the poster, the, the iconic poster boy and or poster poster boy. You get it. Um, It's it's yeah. the Bashir fun pack uh, quartet of other people with brain enhancements. And it's the weird mustachey one. He's very it's it's there's the entire there's two or three appearances of this group, but it's other people that have had their brains enhanced. And there's one that's just too erotic, one that's an old daughter and guy, one that's always in a coma, and then one that's absolutely a Reddit user. And, right. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Like, oh, they see it. They're so close to seeing it. It start like the writers are like, they, "We've got it. We're getting the letters from these guys. We see what you right. like. Well, we're gonna, yeah."
3: Right. How close can we get to this without pissing off our fan base? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. You know, the one thing I did, I am thinking about that specific to sort of the, the sort of the Trek world is they really did play around with kind of people who were addicted to the Hollow Suite.
0: Yeah, Barclay is yeah the most relatable Starfleet because he's like, why? I don't want to get in the. That's all very scary. What we're doing is scary
3: right yeah yeah i mean it, you know there's a corollary to people who are playing mmos and they're sort of uh, what we would call cat assing it which is just like you know or i'm not going to repeat all the terms because they're you know uh they're grody but people who are just basically kind of living amongst a mound of their you know kind of uh
0: uh yeah no we food get it, it sounds food,
3: food, food boxes food boxes that they've ordered um you know empty pizza boxes and things and that it doesn't i think speak in my personal opinion, it's not as much about a person's capacity to handle a game and to not want to just kind of pour their whole every moment and every waking existence into it. It's more so that there are some really difficult things that don't jive well with the human condition that aren't the game, and you know, people can get pretty miserable. But uh, that was kind of what happened with Barkley. I mean, w- weren't there some other issues where some other people? I well, know he, was er-
0: making, he was making holograms of his co- of his coworkers to boss around and then have sex with, basically, or it's implied, like they're kind of hanging. On. Yeah, in that way and you're like okay just after this commercial break he's gonna okay
3: yeah that's something's happening there
0: (laughs) i want to be sold soap and he's gonna get a blowjob from a light a diana troy made out of light fantastic right (laughs) yeah yeah
3: and he's definitely seen a naked you know
0: uh data which again none of that should be available he shouldn't have (laughs) They shouldn't be allowed to do that the computers you're like oh i see you're it looks like you're making a sexual versions of your colleagues you're fucking fired!
3: <laughs> I didn't even think of lie. that. They would have fail-safes in there that would be like, Hey, you're trying to have sex with the captain. That's not going to work.
0: <laughs> like,
2: I think it's really remarkable how I always get a Viagra commercial to play on those commercial breaks.
0: Hey! <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, but they—they—they they, they surely don't. I mean, they—they they clearly canonically they do not have those kinds of safeguards because there's that whole episode in Deep Space Nine where Quark is trying to capture holo images of Kira so that he can. On the, sell hold on, those her. are
0: privately owned holo suites. That's a that's a different yeah. environment. We're talking about uh, in the you know, like honest on a Federation capitalism ship? baby. Yeah, <laughs> like incentive based <laughs> economics. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a privately owned holosuite operated on a Federation station. Well, it's a Bajoran station. Well, it's a Bajoran but...
0: station. It's a very see that fuzzy gray area. is a lot of room for yeah. independent contractors to disrupt markets.
2: And also, Quark's <laughs> not going to follow any regulation that's not strictly enforced.
3: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Or 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 many that even are strictly enforced. <laughs>
3: Now, that attitude is more closely mirrors what we deal with now. I mean, people are just this opportunism and this sort of competitive stuff. And the other thing, too, is that there's really no channels. It's you are one click away from all of the bad things on the internet at at all times. (laughs) Like, there's just no, as much as they try to kind of safe lane stuff, but even in forums, and you know, then you've got people who just sort of uh, want to burn the world down. uh, And well, no, I mean, I've
0: been reading a good bit about this in the sort of wake of uh, uh, the QA in a lot of the ways that radicalization works yeah. online. And ultimately, it is a lot about self-preservation and sort of keeping the eyes on the websites. Like, it is absolutely a function of the need to continue to drive up engagement. Because if I can get this information somewhere else, I can go there. But yeah. if I can only get this information, like, for example, like, well, why won't your university tell you about Flat Earth? It's like, because you gave them $5,000 a semester and they had better not fucking tell you Flat Earth right are you fucking like for free on youtube yeah they will tell you all the flat earth they want they will (laughs) and they or five hours yeah there's an incentive to sort of drop you into these like intentionally pushing these these holes because it's what keeps people on there the longest because there's no other content that actually meets your demands in terms of your worldview and beliefs and like i think that that is in a large part because that's just a function of the way they work right like they can't say you should check out your local library
3: well, yeah, and the algorithms actually help push that sort of whole entire thing. Like QAnon is sort of the, the religion, the cult that algorithms built because of research being so important. And, you know, look at you. You've discovered that, yeah, you've connected every single, you know, conspiracy theory known to humankind from the dawn of
0: time. And, uh, yeah, you are the code. It turns out the president of the United States right now is going to save you from all of them. And you're like, this seems a lot <laughs> like it. Like, can he not just save you from like two of them? Like, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you know, are, are
3: is it really all of them? <laughs> Every single one? Like, yeah, it's it's and that and also Trump is going to be that guy. I mean, yeah, it's just wild.
1: So I want I want to actually kind of pivot back to talking about how the Hollowsweeps influence the cultural exchange because we do see in several episodes that like certain Suite programs get to be very popular and are spread around. There's that whole thing with the I believe you're speaking employed. of Vulcan
0: Love Slave,
1: Vulcan Love Slave, and then there's also the you know the Doctor's program or his well his Hollow novel that uh, that right. starts yeah. to circulate. You know, so there's obviously like Suite programs have the ability to be widely disseminated and they are enjoyed by people in different cultural settings and different contexts and it seems like the main vehicle for cultural exchange for lack of a better term in Star Trek is to like physically insert yourself in that other culture like by getting assigned to a ship like you know the bridge officer exchange that Riker does with the Klingon ship. Um, Yeah but he slams
0: at Gah like a pro. He's like "All right, Yeah (laughs) he
1: does. He does. I think, ah. But I think, just thinking about like the work that you've been doing, Troy, around tabletop games, which is, is certainly not my area of expertise, it seems like there is a connection here of a possibility where Holosuite programs could be a vehicle for more distant cultural exchange like that and, and could help build that sense of community. Do you think that would fit?
3: Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you this, when I moved to kind of help out and work at Green Ronin, I came from um, a startup that we were working on a virtual reality community space. And it's wild how close it gets to what Star Trek presents. The problems that they're trying to solve are the problems that by, you know, sort of Star Trek magic that they've kind of figured out. But uh, being at a, a convention and watching this, this sort of this big muscle guy that they had at uh, E3 and um, E3 is an Electronic entertainment expo um, our listeners
0: have. are nerd enough to know what e3 is
3: nice well it is uh pretty much the uh, like it's a big boondoggle i mean it's like a, a big investment in a bunch of people who are very excited suspiciously energetic in a way that's a little off-putting um and they're talking about their products and all this stuff and they're talking about this guy he's big, beefy guy. I'm thinking, why did they bring out a muscle dude to kind of be the the spokesperson or the spokesmodel for this product? But it's because what it was was this sort of dish that you put on slippery socks and then you would walk and it would sort of be this uh, very... Oh, it does
0: the, it does the infinite floor. <laughs> yes,
3: that's what it did. And the reason why they needed a big, tough guy was because nerds take a, you know four or five steps in that and they are wiped out, myself being one of them. I'm just like, okay, get the, get the strong man back in here because this isn't going to work. But yeah, so mention. Mentioning all those things, it's like we are moving towards what Star Trek spelled out in many different ways. Uh, the the cultural exchange thing has actually happened in quite a few different ways where some of these more uh, community-based sort of, let's get in, let's play some collaborative games, let's model the space that we're in to look like our home, let's have, you know, you get to collect a gift and that's something that is a, a marker of your connection with a person and so it's sort of building this sort of, almost like the re-growing sort of the neural pathways that make you go, oh, this is where I go for friendliness and happiness and you know that kind of thing people are definitely trying to get there unfortunately you know with virtual reality it is too expensive it will always be too expensive the the basic design for that stuff has not improved and this is the truth since the 70s the main functionality that that big visor that you put on there's some you know sort of stop gaps which are like AR um, this augmented reality which are more like sunglasses that have sort of this film that you can then See things projected on, but it's not like the holodeck, but the motivations are there in some ways. And yes, it's all fairly new because, you know, honestly, not a lot gets done unless you can monetize it. And so that's what they're trying to crack the code on right now.
1: Well, what you just described is Unimatrix Zero. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You remember that episode from Voyager? I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen Voyager. Yeah, oh, where, it's um, where the Borg,
0: it's where the people that aren't the Borgs that when they go to sleep, some of them go to this weird magic island where they, uh, yeah. yeah, where
1: they get to have a life and relationships with That's each right, other yeah. and, and their names. And, they're, and, and they yeah. may be on the opposite sides of the galaxy, but they are, but in when they're regenerating, they're in this virtual space
0: It's biomes and, yeah,
1: yeah, they don't have their, but authentic- you do
0: get to keep your bat left. Oh, but that no! That's a great example. I love I love Unimatrix Zero. I had not thought of that at all, and in the leading up to this conversation, so that I haven't you. thought of
3: that for a long time. But I, having freshly remembered it, I I do remember it being just sort of was it more than uh, was it a, like a series? Like did it lead into sort of some? Uh, it, was, to...
1: it was a it was a two part episode, and it did have kind of a longer effect on on Seven's character. It sort of sparked some changes in her character development. But it was a two part episode, and you know, I, it's essentially it's it's exactly what you were describing. It's it's a virtual community that where they get to have complete lives and form deep relationships, uh, even right. romantic relationships that happen in that context. Right. And so with
3: agency, with choice, with yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Very interesting. I I definitely think that there are, you know, uh, unfortunately, because There is the entertainment as it is prepared for you and played it and says, hey, enjoy this video game responsibly. You know, like that's kind of the thing. But it is on you or your parents, I guess, ostensibly or uh, whomever your boss is, you know, at home or at work or what have you. But there is a lot of things that happen on the Internet that I feel beyond games, but also games are kind of adjacent to that. But I think of like uh, Wikipedia
0: editors, that group of people, if if we bless some of them.
3: God bless. Uh, yes. Most yes. of and- them.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know how to draw that line there, but many of them are very helpful thank you guys. Thank y'all.
3: Yeah. And I, and I believe that there's, there's a lot they do that I just, I can't get that pedantic. I just don't have the time for it, but there, you know, like I think if we develop a, a, a star fleet that, you know, they're going to be a lot of um, Wikipedia authors that will be joining up because they have that sort of order, but there's also sort of this understanding of, I respect you, you respect me. We, you know, we go through a protocol to, to resolve our conflicts. We don't just take it outside and, you know, might makes right. Um, Whichever one of enough. us
0: plans is hardest is right about which right. was the lead singer of Def Leppard.
3: <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. That is exactly right. Actually, that is the only way to resolve that question. I feel I agree. like because there's no, <laughs> there's no value in the information being right or wrong. So yeah, let's totally fight about that one. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: No, but so actually thinking about Wikipedia is is really interesting because, you know, we talked about how the equivalent functions of the Internet as they exist in Trek is essentially just email and FaceTime. But the the other big component, of course, is the the database the you know, the the series of databases and the ability to query those databases. And I, I think in the future, people who are Wikipedia editors right now are just people who should be researchers and historians who should be getting paid for that work right and they're they're not paid for it because our society doesn't value that activity as a, as a way to extract money but in a trek-like future that would be an incre- being able to capture the totality of those experiences and the relationships and the key historical moments like there's so much that needs to be captured and it has to be done correctly like that would be a highly valued activity and those people would definitely have a place
3: And the deeper context of what was going on behind the, you know, sort of here's, here are the facts as they have, have we, as we have agreed, you know, kind of the order of operations. But then if you look just beneath the page, they have a deep dialogue as to why this is removed, how, you know, so it's this living record of not only the actual fact, but how we got there and how, you know, it was sort of a negotiation. It's pretty, pretty darn fascinating, but it also, you mentioned something that to me sparked a real frustration of mine, and that is just, you know, these helper communities, no matter what game it is uh, there will be people who are creating a thing user generated content big thing for video games is sort of how do we find a way to get you into our world and pay the subscription fee but you're making the content like that's a dream come true for every developer uh, every studio out there not the workers so much but uh, you know people who have been
0: we've heard of Tom Sawyer and folks it's not everybody that can whitewash the levels white you know whitewash an entire doom level for us (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure you can. you're you very talented though Y'all get in there and make some levels yeah, exactly. We, we're gonna release these these tools for you. And look at this. What a gift
3: we have given you. But it's really just the gift of uh, of we haven't developed kind of any leader. further
0: levels, you figure it out.
3: Right. And yeah. And oftentimes they get better because they have even have like this high elevated notion of what game dev is like in studio. And so people developing outside of the studio are doing so with a kind of this value set, you know, inside the studio. It's you know, it's just cocaine and fist fights um over Def Leopard. So
1: <laughs> That's exactly what I thought it would be like to work in gaming. Thank you for confirming.
3: Can't believe I blown the lid off it, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Very Klingon culture.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, Very. I
0: mean, they get stuff done. Yeah. Sort, yeah. Of. sort of. Yeah. Would you say Def Leppard is a Warriors band? Ooh, I mean, it does have similar feelings as prune juice to me in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, after test call, you get it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Just trying to survive without shit in your pants. I get it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the old joke, what has seven arms and sucks. Yeah, that's it. Let's move on.
3: Um, <laughs> it's good. It's a good one. I'm literally making a note of that. That's very, very funny.
0: Oh, that's oldish. shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a stolen street joke. I'm almost certain. Or I, yeah, I definitely can't claim that at all, but I've always loved it.
3: No, I'm going to say you claimed it and I'm going to just make sure everybody knows. So whom, whoever, you know, owns that real. And joke. that's how
0: you, that's how you build a reputation in space, folks. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm oh. writing
3: a Wikipedia editor now.
0: So, oh, uh, I want to, I, so let's talk for a second about the other games Starfleet's play. Cause I like, I want to get your thoughts on any of these at all. So the 4D chess thing exists. It seems kind of a tedious game and they have it in Star Trek because it existed in the 60s. And Gene was like, "Ooh, that's fancy. But otherwise, you got you got your weird handball. You got a little uh, laser tag discus. You've got uh, and we're talking like not like holodeck games included, but no games that are the holodeck, you know, right, right. Uh, You got that weird thing that data stalemates the guy on that's like Battleship, but then they wear cow milkers on their fingers, which I'm putting up as a favorite for mine just because I love an apparatus.
3: What was that?
0: It's, I don't know, but it's a game at which he's a grandmaster. So it's like chess for them. So, like, they have like 4D chess, but yeah. like they also have Utter Milker battleship laser tag thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I mean,
1: there's also, there's all the games in uh, in Quark Bar, but I think the kind of culmination of what we're talking about, it sort of brings together the sensibilities of the holodeck, the casino aspect, the the, the game of chance that comes from playing a game at Quark, and that's that game that came from the Gamma Quadrant, the Chula, remember the one? Chula! The yeah. The little hopscotching girl singing Alamoraine? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. and They're, they're like... Oh, hey, we also, hey, everyone you know is in here now. What? I'm so, what? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Just roll the fucking dice, dude.
1: Yeah, and if you roll the dice the wrong way, one of them dies. Except not. But maybe.
0: <laughs> but we're definitely going to tell you that. Like, we're fun. Yeah. We're fun aliens from the, like, remember when the Delta Quadrant was fun? Could just have anybody come out of it? It wasn't only yeah. shapeshifters and genetically engineered guys. Oh, that Chula is such a good, Is I would play Chula all the time. I would let my friends play Chula around me. Well, because that's the risk of having one in the house.
1: Having what? Chula, a chula or... set.
0: Is it like if other oh. people are playing it and you're just like, that's true. It work.
1: Yeah, you could just yeah. get sucked into it. You're
0: like, oh, sorry, I couldn't make it to anything because my friend started playing Space Jumanji and now I'm <laughs> fucking stuck here. <laughs> <Right>. Space Jumanji. <laughs>
1: that could be really inconvenient. I mean, what if you were in the middle of like docking a spacecraft and right? you suddenly got sucked into the game?
0: Very important. Like Bashir is giving someone a gynecological exam. Like, boom. Sorry. I'm. <laughs> I'm hello? Oh, hello? Anyone? <laughs> uh, they, but that was... A, I like that species. That species is great because that was their culture. Their culture was games. They loved... like. Which, it means their culture was apparently actually about crazy torture labyrinths. But they said it was games.
3: That's right. That's right. What was the other... There was... I'm uh, thinking of Quark's games. What was the...
0: It was, uh, uh there's Davo girls and he played. Tonga, that's it. Davo. And yeah. that's the sort of roulette variant. And then Tonga, or I believe, right. Is the, a game that yes. they would play with Jadzia. And that's sort of like a poker, Like, you know, just guys being guys play kind of thing.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. The big sort of big, uh, tournament type stuff
0: yeah they had right. the weird spinny thing like they definitely gave it like very specific terms but they never built a game it's very clear but they like okay but like in a game you would like say the same word and then do a thing or a different word and they would contrast bet call whole like they just reskinned poker a little bit and that at a wheel which is nice their, their design is so much fun for those
2: i think also though we should remember that those aliens anyone that was familiar with their culture would know that you don't really die in the game. So it was kind of a big misunderstanding that everybody was freaked out.
1: Well, exactly. And that's that's why these cultural exchanges are important.
2: It was totally safe. I don't think it was torture at all. I think it was just like, oh, whoops. You didn't I this was think, no,
1: I'm going to disagree with that. I think it was, it's torture if, you, if the people that are being forced to participate don't know why they're in there and they don't know that the experiences that they're having... Could literally lead to their death.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. But who would think to say like, after you offered to play play a harmless game with someone? Oh yeah, this isn't really killing people. Like we just told you, it was a harmless
3: game. You
1: know. Oh, by the way, none of your friends are gonna die. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like,
0: like, come on. Let me
3: clarify. Yeah, they won't die. It'll feel like it, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: It's like no, I just told you it was a game. <laughs> that's, what told, that's what they told Ender in Ender's Game, and it was definitely not. It's it, sorry to spoiler alert for a thirty-year-old book, but it's not a game; it's real life. That's <laughs> how it turns out. But uh, anyway, in my
3: mind, I've got this this uh, game that I can hear Worf saying. It sounds like a Japanese word with that, like a kind of a hard consonant. Uh, domja. No, I, I, I wish that I could remember. I've been thinking about it, honestly, since Corey and I kind of talked about the games part of this and, and what people do. I'm going to on- let
0: you know, it's one, it's not cheating to be doing what I'm doing and using Wikipedia during and memory. Well, beta. my problem
3: is I can't even remember I, the, the if I could look up the word, I would be able to. But yeah, so uh, the games that they play on board they always felt very boring to me like i i've got to find out oh, here we go here we go okay it's strategy and logic games kata scott
0: oh i'm sorry i'm looking at star trek klingon an interactive movie game written by H- hillary bader directed by jonathan breaks <laughs> and featuring music by gregory smith released in 1996 by Simon and schuster from microsoft windows and yeah. mac os <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, what?
0: Yeah, what? this looks awful. Let's it's got fucking uh, Galron in it. Holy shit! Oh, this looks awful. I'm sorry. Please tell me about the thing you want to talk about because this is bad. <laughs> I'm um. just
3: saying. I'm looking at the Kata Scott, and I'm looking at some of these. I I found Jot as well, and for me, it felt like that entertainment piece or that sort of uh, we're going to we're going to hang out and and be sort of loose and cool and just wear our groovy uh, you know one piece that I remember uh, you know Riker wearing, sort of looking like an odd Starfleet fancy sausage of some kind and and. <laughs> You know, uh, but, uh, but it was one of the aspects of the world of the program that always felt a little tacked on. And maybe that's just me. I, I bring it up as sort of like a, an interrogation of the notion, like I didn't see games and game time as that it didn't play as significant a role as I think it does for real.
1: Well, like, well, we've talked a lot about entertainment in general and how people. I don't know what are people's divergences. How do they distract themselves? And yeah, you know, is it is it just that their life is so wonderful that they don't need really great games? Is that why the games suck? I don't know. Um, right, right. You know, and and why why is there no rock and roll in Trek? And why is there only like soft jazz and classical music? Even though the,
0: again, the first song <laughs> to go faster than this, than warp to go to warp was Steppenwolf's Magic Carpet Ride. <laughs> right, I mean, what is up? That is uh, that is a, right. a very narrow aesthetic. Like,
3: why line. is that not the
0: jam? Right. I that should be Jordy and and Riker's favorite song from now on. Okay, like, hey, remember when we <laughs> when we fucked our grandmas in space? Yeah, <laughs>
3: that was metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they wouldn't get grandma with the trombone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. But just like entertainment in general is we've talked in the past about how there doesn't seem to be really a lot of options for um, sort I think of it's passive... nostalgia.
0: like, right? Like you've got Jane yeah. H- yeah. H- uh, and her uh, Jane Austen novel. You got Sherlock Holmes. You got Captain Proton. You got Detective Dix, which is a, again, Detective Dix is like your sort of big story arc. Everyone reads and does Detective Dicks. That's kind of feels like that feels like Jean-Luc Picard's most basic bitch kind of thing where he's just like. Like, oh I True. I just yeah I also watched The Housewives of the Space. And like right. all right, right dude don't you own a vineyard? Yeah that's interesting. You know,
3: I I wonder too like um does that stuff go away the 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 drive to watch like how much of what we do is maybe more controlled about like we go see that movie to buy that shirt to buy that thing and the toy and the stuff I mean people get joy from watching movies and get joy from some of that stuff but when you think about Star Trek just in the you know embracing the the conceit of it all if there are no movies anymore, does that translate as well to like there's no friction on the internet because we're all so very happy um,
0: <laughs> Because the movie ended the way I did it. So I love, (laughs) right? I mean, like the Detective (laughs) Dick story ends the way I chose to have it end. Because I did it. So like, I'm very That is
2: something. I think it's Dixon Hill. Sorry. Um, Detective Dick is the triple X
3: porn parody. Ah. uh, Which is
0: also wildly (laughs) popular
3: yeah yeah interestingly <laughs> but enough just uh,
0: differently yeah
3: <laughs> you bring up something that's really interesting because there is this really wild and i can't quite put my finger on it because it's so so grossly away from my ability to just even process it and that is the don't mess with my canon like oh you yeah. can't cosplay that because you're not you know um uh, the same race or gender or uh, that kind of Thing you know just these are my toys Even if that person doesn't cosplay Or doesn't whatever but you are ruining Something very deep and meaningful to them You know that's
0: an underlying Skeleton that you have to follow in That way where it's just no right Dixon Hill universe is just yeah it's just a really Nice 1920s simulator
3: But you know everybody got like when you get in and You're you're you know engaging in these holodeck Stuff everybody got a costume (laughs) Everybody Everybody got to participate in You know kind of their way I mean that shit Wouldn't fly on in Starfleet like having some neckbeard scream at a a woman of color who's dressed up like, you know, Captain America. I mean, like, so
0: what? On the other hand, fucking Cisco calls it right. He's like, I'm sorry. I find the Vic Fontaine game a little offensive. And everyone's like, come on, it's fun. And then he's like, okay, let's do the heist. (laughs) Uh Interesting, yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's one of the things I always loved about Cisco's character though, is you know, he he's He's
3: like, No,
0: that's nineteen fifties that he... Vegas. That's bad. I would not be allowed to go there. This is bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And it's and, and it's not that he's not interested in divergences because he certainly does. Like he loves his baseball games and
0: and he in fact violates you know, the temporal prime directive like a bunch of times. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, but yeah, like his observations about why that program in particular would be problematic, I thought were very salient. And in a way, um, like
0: surely at some point in the last 400 years, there's been another night kind of nightclub.
1: Well, th- yeah, and 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 there's the danger in in retelling stories that way, even in sweet programs, where you're rewriting history and you're erasing people's experiences.
3: Oh, like having your plantain sort of wedding, you know, like your yeah
0: plantain, plantation yeah. a plantain wedding is. Actually I said plantain
3: a- wedding, and I That's meant That's just plantain. a delicious
0: banana themed event. It's <laughs> fine. yeah, it's, it's like a, it, porn I would, parody. that is the porn parody. <laughs> plantain <laughs> wedding.
1: <laughs> i was just about and to say I'm that i would totally do a plantain wedding but now i'm not so sure
0: <laughs> you're right
3: depends on how they use it in the porn and i don't yeah if, it's, if it, just, it's a
0: little starchier than a banana wedding but otherwise it's fine as long <laughs> as you account for that with the recipe
3: not so slippery no not so many banana peels
1: <laughs> that's what she said <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 oh, oh, all right. So, um let's go ahead and say that we've been rolling for quite a while, and it's time to bring it to the conclusion. But of course, as we often conclude, we've got a dumb game to play, and it's well, it's fucking dumb. Officer Poker Night at Starfleet, but oh golly, we've got out the prime numbered sided dice. We're gonna play a tabletop role playing game with Starfleet officers. Who's oh, at the table? Who's not? Al- who's not invited? Who's allowed? Who's coming? Who's DMing? Corey's DMing. No, 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 no! You go. Let's go Starfleet. Like we're pull, like you're you're in you oh. are, like you have the Starfleet cannon of officers to invite to your tabletop role playing session.
3: This is beautiful. Hoomst. You know, I would. I know who wouldn't come, and I'm just. I don't mean to be rude about it, but you know, broccoli would not come. Uh, would not be invited.
0: <laughs> were he in proximity,
3: and I can mix and match, right?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I I'm letting you. We, no, no. The Guardian of Forever, a.k.a. Carl, a.k.a. the foam arch that gives you space madness. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he'll bring you whoever you want.
3: Those, uh, yeah, the crystalline entities calling everybody an ugly bag of mostly water, uh, a triple. <laughs> no, I would definitely Janeway would be there for sure. I just have a, a deep love and, uh, and a sense of sort of just peace. I think that it would be really fun.
0: Um, who else
3: should come? Who else should be there?
0: All right, so I like Data for rules disputes. Just shuts the entire shut. Yes, shut. Like is because he also can be swayed to spirit versus rules of the game, but he definitely knows all the rules, so yeah. it's never a question. So that's, I mean, I just want to. That's useful in time, and he'd be fun to like. Oh, well, what should I do? Like, well, pretend you're. Oh my god, Data! Like my barbarian punches him, so Data doesn't have to think about it. Uh, yeah, that seems like a fun. Data, day. we're
3: not even on the. Yeah, we're not even in the adventure yet. We haven't left the the inn.
0: Like, stop investigating stuff. We're, there's a plot hook soon.
1: Does it have to be only bridge officers? Because uh, my vote would be Guinan. Oh, oh. no, I I'm, I'm
0: letting you. Guinan's definitely sat in on the poker. I'm just giving it. Yeah, I'm just giving the content. 100%. Of, like, you, got, you got that sort of round table feel who we, who we pull in. Yeah, I like Guinan. Guinan
3: would be a good a good DM.
0: And Guinan, his DM is also going to bring the bonus of snacks, mm-hmm. which is not no. necessarily a DM responsibility. But you're going to play. Yeah, you play in ten forward in the off hours. That's good stuff. I think you have to bring O'Brien
2: and Bashir because they're already so good at it.
1: Oh, God.
0: Like,
2: if you can get them to buy into your story, they will just carry it for you
1: absolutely yeah
2: it'll be like the two players that are teaching everybody else how to play while you're trying to figure out how to make the game happen
0: you know sure yeah. yeah oh yeah and miles is like well why am i doing this instead of holodex? that was because you just tore your shoulder out kayaking again, <laughs> so, you- again. <laughs> so yeah okay i like that so we're i'd at that's a table y'all that's all we're almost there
1: wait troy had one
3: Wesley, but not Beverly.
2: If you have data as a DM's assistant, I mean, you could, like, run a big game.
1: Okay, but why Wesley?
3: So, I, it's it's a bit of a, we've worked with uh, the actor that plays uh, Wesley Crusher and on we, a tabletop role we, play game.
0: I, we understand, and we need you to separate Will Wheaton, who seems to be a very nice man, from Will yes. Crusher, a character we are bullying on a regular basis.
3: Okay. I get it. I get it. I would, uh, I would probably say one time, you know, shut up. Wesley uh but I would <laughs> but I, I I would probably I would I would imagine that we couldn't probably pull anything
0: like that off
3: with an earshot and he would want to be there so
0: yeah you're right he's just going to be there and if not then it would oh yeah no he'd totally narc the captain yeah. get us oh they have like eight hours to spend rolling dice not sleeping and just right out, and like, oh, he would have
3: found out because data was consulting with them about some thoughts on you know whatever or how do you feel about it been
0: asked to play a tabletop role-playing game Wesley.
3: <laughs> yes that's right how do you think you'd react if i really pulled your arm off
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow that's a great i like this i like this game a lot i want to watch data explain third edition to all of them so it's that
3: for the probability of dice in relationship to the people at the table and what people are doing yeah that could that would be a, a fun moment of like sheer boredom
0: oh, that's just a big, <laughs> this is just a big big weird crew i like that a lot you got they're committed to the bit oh yeah
2: i once played a game of fifth ed with 99 percent math majors
3: (laughs) oh no
0: (laughs) like and they just hold up a a, a piece of paper like here this is my dps Um, (laughs) right exactly i actually don't mind i find all of the additions do some things but i'm tired of buying hasbro stuff
2: i mean it's just kind of
0: nice whenever
2: people are just like whatever you you win there's no way you can't win you know on the roles that don't matter but other than that the pedantry just makes the game go longer
3: it does, yeah, it does. And some people do maybe extract a little joy from that, but it's all coming from the people that are playing with them, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, Actually, I have one last question in the game design world, just before we get out of here. Is there a... Star Trek tabletop game that you found that does a good job of capturing that because I have looked at the rules for the real thing. They're a nightmare. Like the official Star Trek tabletop game is a tactical, it's too fucking, much. It's a ship combat navy thing. It comes from the world of Risk and and war gaming And many, it's too much. Yeah, yeah.
3: And that that appeals to a certain kind of player, right? I mean, I, I...
0: and I'm happy they're having a good time. But there are other navy games they could be playing. They could just be playing Warhammer with different costumes on their ships. You know, like.
3: You know, I will say that as there are, you know, the the only game that I've ever played, and it was just briefly and wasn't, I, I really, I kind of hunger for it. I think about it all the time is uh, Bridge Simulator.
0: Ah, uh, is that Artemis? Is that that thing?
3: Yes, yes.
0: I've seen that at cons out. It's yeah, basically it's this because it's I was thinking about the same thing during the, the cause the, the ship got stuck in the Suez very recently. That was the ever given yeah. but like that's what they're doing. It's twenty-five people on a four hundred meter long boat. They're all just looking at a computer screen and pushing a button and saying, I don't know, sir. It's right. not responding. And they keep pressing control five or what like whatever stop doing the thing is on their console. Yeah, and
3: what I love is that you can do that. You can all get together in the living room and take different positions uh, on the bridge. Uh, You can also take those same positions, but be remotely bringing the ship together and sort of that theater of the mind. But that that to me um, is something that got close and it felt like... I could feel almost that the sort of role played sort of uh, um, nerdiness you know come to fruition like this is it this is what I want to do for the rest of my life but you know that that's it I mean any of the tabletop stuff gets really pedantic just or it gets very it's someone's vision of how Starfleet does a thing and Starfleet doing Starfleet doing Starfleet doing someone's fantasy of Starfleet is not fun
0: he gets too far up its own ass. A here, here. Bit.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm trying to imagine a, a role-playing game of Dax negotiating the, the uh, Kidmer Accords.
2: Oh yeah, Dax <laughs> has to be in my RP group too. Like I oh was, yeah, because the, that's the, a the good impulsivity, call. you know. Oh like, yeah, well that's like also that stir up the game that way, you know.
0: Like, oh, this reminds me of the time I oh, come on, Dax, just try and do it, just like <laughs> just lean into the spirit of it. You don't have to use your 900 years of experience every time. Roll the damn dice. You've been talking for 15 minutes. Yeah. Is you lived through this historical event. That's metagaming. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's right. I Oh, you know, that I am reminded that I wouldn't invite Chakote. Oh, no. No, that guy is a,
0: <laughs> too serious. He's a chill dude, but he's got a big stick of his ass. He would not lean into the game at all.
3: Oh, yeah, not at all. No, no, no. Okay, so on that spirit,
1: what about Kira?
3: Oh, I know I'd hang she, out with I'd her. Get her to buy in
1: yeah i that's yeah. the thing is i don't think she would i think she would complain the whole time and i think so just too. say like this is silly other shit
3: try to dominate do. what are we yeah you'd have to get yeah. Dax to
2: make her come like you couldn't do it if if jadzia decided that kira needed to come it would happen
0: kira doesn't go play <laughs> Tonga with a ferengi but what about mirror
1: universe kira
0: also, no. <laughs> yeah, that <would> be, <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah, dangerous. Yeah. That would be <laughs> real <laughs> dangerous. This gets back to the painstick stick discussion from the start at the big. Be- but I'm a cheerleader, which uh, brings us full circle. Um, I I would like to thank ev- all of y'all for being here because it's just wonderful to speak to everyone. I would actually very much like to talk more about doing an Artemis Bridge Simulator stream with the cast and uh, and you, Troy. If you'd like to, I would
3: do love it. Oh, I would be there.
0: That seems hilarious because watching the ship turn upside down and fall into a black hole because we're bad at it would be good. Good for viewers. I'll feel it any
2: video game.
0: Yeah, (laughs) twice even. I yeah. Well, that'll about wrap it up. Uh, this has been gay space communism. I am, as always, Paul Byron. We are on the Not Safe for Wonks Network. There may be a different audio tag that goes at the end here because Rachel likes to say a lot of the things. But it's a website. You can go to it. You came to download this. You know where it all lives. Go look <laughs> at it. Um, Troy, where can people find you? Where do you want to be found? I guess is the better question.
3: Yeah, just do a search. (laughs) I am a black um, soccer player from Europe uh, named Troy. No, you'll find me um, on uh, Twitter. You can find me at uh, meta underscore Troy. And yeah, look for me there. That'll be the that'll be the best place to find me. That's where you'll find the conversions of all the things that I do.
0: Well, I guess all that leaves is um, Chula, (laughs) (laughs)
3: Alamarine.
0: Count.
3: Thanks, folks. This was fun.
1: Well, I'm so glad you came on, Troy. This has been oh. a lot of fun. And <laughs> Thank you I, for having And I know me. there's so much other stuff that Troy does. He He's kind of underselling his uh, his utility here, but um, I think we could find <laughs> a lot of other topics to bring him back to discuss.
0: That was a great time. We can definitely talk about more of this. I think our second season will be picking apart every other sci-fi show. So if you want to come, to, if you have one of those you want to pin down. Uh, oh, we'll I'd we'll be there for that thing.
3: for sure. But well, what I, oh, this was so much fun.
0: Oh, and uh, again, everyone check out Star Trek Klingon where Galron talks you through being a Klingon. Um, it looks <laughs> absolutely agonizing. Um, <laughs> and other than that, uh, my name is Paul Byron. As is Gay Space Communism. Everyone else say your names and goodbye to people.
1: Yep. Um, this is Corey Archibald.
0: Uh, I'm Amy Hassel. And I'm Troy Hewitt. Bye-bye.
2: Bye
1: bye. 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 Bye.